Welcome to Worth It or Worthless, a show where every couple weeks we pull a game from my own personal collection of retro games, take off our nostalgia tinted glasses, and decide, is the game good by today's standards and is it worth the price of admission? We talk about what the game does well, what the game doesn't do so well, and the things that are just plain weird. I'm your host, Dan, joined as always by my friend Jordan. Jordan, what did we get into today? Today we played Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords for Xbox and iOS. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, The Sith Lords is the story of Star Wars a long time ago, but not like as long ago as KOTOR 1, but still a lot longer time ago than The Phantom Menace and like a little while longer ago than The High Republic. The Star Wars timeline is kind of confusing to me. <laughs> like how how long ago is all this stuff happening? You want to know? You want to get into fun facts already, Jordan? Yes, please. <laughs> Do I ever? We played Kotor. Uh, yeah, one of my fun facts is this actually takes place four thousand years before Phantom Menace and five years after the events of Knights of the Old Republic one. Yeah, and I just saw it's eight hundred years before the High Republic, which is like the era that all the current Star Wars books are being written oh. in, and there's supposed to be more media coming out in that era. But it's gotcha. like, man, when you when you spread everything out by four thousand years, you get a lot of leeway to yeah. add whole eras in. So that's why Disney hasn't killed Knights of the Old Republic. No, well, it's four really thousand years ago. It's like, who cares? I feel like um, with Disney being like, none of this stuff counts. <laughs> uh, they left um, Knights of the Old Republic alone because that is one um, maybe sacred bit of expansion to Star Wars canon that they. I mean, kind of, but like the vast majority of people like me have no idea what it is or care, really. So, so like there's like mean? 10 of you who would be really outraged about it, but you guys are already outraged about everything Disney's doing. No. And like the vast majority of people, like you go ask any normal person on the street, they're like, yeah, I like Star Wars. What do you think about KOTOR? And they'll be like, what are you talking about? I, okay. I am not outraged at everything that Disney's doing. Well, I mean, sometimes. I, no. Well, yeah, sometimes, but it, granted- Am I not like annoyed at some of the stuff that happened before Disney ever bought it? Yeah, like, no, yeah, no, that's fair. You know what I'm saying? That's for those people who are always going to be highly critical about Star Wars stuff. Yeah, they're going to be mad about Disney, but then they forget that like George Lucas McClunkied and added like blinking Ewoks. Speaking like, of George what, like, Lucas, why today as we're recording this, it's his 78th birthday. I know that George tunes into all of our podcasts, <laughs> so I just want to say happy belated birthday, George, when this comes out. But we're recording on your birthday, and we're thinking of you. <laughs> So, anyways, Star Wars has been um, a breeding ground for controversy for, oh, yeah. uh, for basically since the prequels came but, out. But like, I feel like of all the controversies, this one would hit a relatively small percentage of no, the absolutely public. not. I feel like this is like there are literally dozens of us. No, this was Game of the Year two thousand. Or I'm sorry, Knights of the Old Republic one was Game of the Year two thousand three. You got to think there's been like an entire generation of Star Wars fans who have been born since 2003. And then you have Knights of the Old Republic 2, which came out, you know, uh, a little later. And then you have Old Republic. And then now they're making a Knights of the Old Republic remake of the first one. So do you really think that all that stuff and all these books and comics and all that stuff, um, you would that stuff exist if it was for a very niche corner of the Star Wars fandom? Yes, I don't think absolutely. So. <laughs> Whatever, Listen, man. these are movies that no, make no. billions of dollars worldwide, and most people have no clue what has happened outside of the, uh, what do we have, 9, 10, 11 movies. Yeah, most but, people don't know anything that's happened outside of that. Yeah, so if you care, though, about Star Wars outside of the movie universe, then I think that Knights of the Old Republic is, uh, it's not like 
that crazy to think that you know what this is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the 30 of you will be really upset about it if they ever decide to retcon any of it. But most of us will be fine. Don't even. (laughs) (laughs) This is how Jordan's brain works. He just thinks that like when there are hundreds of thousands of people who like something, it's like 30 people or whatever. I mean, in the grand scheme of things. (laughs) What, What? yeah, well, what? There's 7.5 billion people on the planet. All of them are Star Wars fans. And then are, you just said there's 130,000 of you who care about this game. All of them are Star Wars fans. Are there still only 7.5 billion? Are we are we at eight yet? I don't know. I mean, it's always... I heard somebody say eight billion recently. I was like, oh, are man. we at eight? I'm going to have to update my uh, <laughs> my Switch projections. You gotta, what? All right. What other fun facts do we have about this game? Uh, this one. So the first one was developed by BioWare. Um, this one developed by Obsidian and published by LucasArts. Uh, came out in 2004 in December uh, on the original Xbox um, in Europe and Australia. And all of the PC versions of this, it came out in February of 2005, so just a few months later. And for context, the original Knights of the Old Republic came out in July of 2003. So those, a, a year yeah. and a half later. Those are all facts. None of those are fun for you? Not really. I mean, you got, no? you got any fun facts? I do. I do. Okay. Bioware suggested Obsidian make the sequel based on a good relationship with the studio, familiarity with their past work, and finding LucasArts' schedule for the sequel to be a little tight. <laughs> yeah. What was it? 18 months or something? Something like that. It's a big game to make in 18 months. To yeah. be granted, they already had like the foundation. I'm guessing like they used the same like systems as... KOTOR 1, there's a lot of similarities. but Yeah, it's like the same engine. And um, another fun fact is Obsidian didn't want to redo any of the design elements from the first game as they proved to be successful, like the graphics, lighting, uh, or the, they sought to improve it in different areas like the graphics, lighting, weather but not effects, like level total. sizes. Yeah. But they didn't want to change the things that made the first game like interesting and good. Yeah. So it was like they started writing this game before the, the new or before the original one even came out. Oh, wow. And then they had, you know, like a year. And then another thing that happened, according to uh, one of the co-founders of Obsidian, um, was the game was supposed to come out in 2005, but got pushed up to 2004 after E3 in 2004. And the choice was to get in trouble or get the game done, which I think we'll talk about yeah. <laughs> a little well, later. I saw there's some really interesting stuff with the development of this game, because like apparently, uh, or, like, LucasArts came to them as like, hey, we're going to give you guys more time to work on this game. And they're like, okay, awesome. So they started adding all this extra stuff. And then LucasArts came back and said, oh, no, actually, we want you guys to get it done by Christmas still. Yeah. And they never had that extension in writing. It was just a verbal thing. And so yeah. then they were now on this time crunch and they had to cut all this stuff out. Yeah. It's well, like, wh- well, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. One of the things that I wrote down is there was a droid planet that was cut, but the assets were moved to like Godo's yacht. So it's like they had like all the stuff that they originally planned and had to cut um, due to that sort of it's like get it out by December, yeah. Which is like I imagine Bioware like it's it's it, I wonder I don't think it was nefarious, but it almost is just like yeah they want this game out too quick. Why don't you guys do it? Like what's up with that? I don't know. Yeah, I was kind of wondering why if the first game was so successful, why did they pitch it off onto somebody else for the yeah, the second one. I, I mean, granted, it's not like I I came into this one and I was like, this. So I haven't played this game since I don't know 2007. I think I played this. I've never played this game based on sort of what I'm digging through in my mind. Um, and it's like, oh, this is this really does just feel like Kotor one 
like way more for whatever reason i thought there were way more differences in the two. Oh yeah i felt like i was expecting it to be a little bit less of like a oh like a real true sequel um to the first one but but it was like yeah this is this is kotor even though it was made by a different studio it's like this is definitely kotor yeah for sure so i saw something really interesting about the designer i don't know how you say his name chris avalone avaloni macaroni <laughs> dave uh, filoni the guy dave no. filoni worked in this game <laughs> no maybe it's his distant cousin uh not even remotely close to being spelled the same way but the, the designer uh he went on like a binge of like all the extended universe star yeah. wars stuff he watched all the movies he played the first game he read nearly every expanded universe book at the time oh which goodness. is a lot of content yeah he even endured the the star wars holiday special for the sake of fully understanding the universe so and, that's why the game took so long to finish well, it says that he took all of this knowledge that he amassed from like that is in it like that's an insane amount of content yeah an absolute insane amount of content and uh there's like all these nods to star wars canon like down to like the most minute details in this game as well as entire plot threads from like throwaway lines from the first game that they took and then turned into stuff for this game so like you have to like you know they got the game as like kind of like oh we don't really want to do this you guys take it but i mean it's impressive the amount of work that the team went through i mean at least the designer like that is some serious dedication so i don't know if it was the wikipedia page or some other like place on the internet um i think it it might have been like the critical reception section of wikipedia where i think some fans feel like this is um one of the best star wars if not the best star wars story that's ever been written which means there's an equal number of fans who hate it probably (laughs) that's kind of how that works so it would make sense that if somebody went to that extent to really understand the universe and the lore and they had a significant role in the game and they were able to sort of even if somebody else that was helping them didn't necessarily do the same level of work to have somebody like that on the team i could see like being really beneficial when I was looking through trivia stuff for the the trivia segment at the end of the episode, I yeah. did see that there are some people. There is a faction of people who think that uh, that Chris Avalone guy, Avalone, whatever how you say his name, he actually hates Star Wars and that he purposely made this game as like uh, a jab at Star Wars people. So there legitimately <laughs> is. I don't know how big. Maybe it's like. You know, if there's only a dozen people who are really passionate about this game, like maybe six of them feel that way. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, there <laughs> are people out there who feel that way. And he's come out and said like, no. And that's why he explained like I went and did all of this research on Star Wars. Well, a shout out to fake Mike Jones. Yesterday he was, uh, he sent me a link to this Darth Jar Jar theory. Like Jar Jar, oh, yeah. there's a fan. Th- yeah. <laughs> a contingent of that's fans. That's canon. That's my, that's my head canon. <laughs> I think that Jar Jar is a Sith Lord. And I watched a few minutes of a video where it's like these clips of Jar Jar like waving his hand and it's like, oh, it's a Jedi mind trick and like this whole thing. Um, so it was a... Uh, it's interesting the fan theories that uh, Star Wars find is in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, it's a bottomless pit. Like there, <laughs> it's just such a massive, like galaxy. Yeah, spread over thousands of years. Yeah, so you can really make it be whatever you want it to be. Well, and that's again like I've I've been saying recently in conversations. I think I said probably on our Patreon episode or maybe in our Shadows of the Empire episode. Um, that that's what makes Star Wars so interesting for me is that universe. It's it's just the canvas as a whole and how nerdy you can get with it and like the lore and like, I don't know, like you go into a lightsaber or like a crystal lightsaber crystal cave in this game and it's like, there's a whole section of lore on this being a thing. 
Yeah. And like, that's what makes the universe so interesting to me is just like, it's so massive and so interesting, you know, to somebody like me um, that I don't know. I, I like, <laughs> I like Star Wars as a whole, you know, I'm not going to be like, I mean, I guess I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I like Star Wars generally, you not necessarily hate. the story of the movies is so riveting and I love it. I you, just love the universe. You can have a dark pit of hateness, hate, hatred, hateness, a dark pit of hateness. Down with the uh, hateness. Yeah. You can have that <laughs> towards The Last Jedi because you have so much love towards the rest of the <sighs> I, franchise. I truly, truly do not want to talk about Last Jedi. It's your favorite movie. Not, not taking and the bait. Not that, taking the bait. You're afraid that I might say some hurtful things about it. No, it came up on Discord and I literally was like, I just, I need to leave. The, just deleted the channel. I need, no. <laughs> like, I need to leave anything about Last Jedi alone right now. That's fair. McClunky over Last Jedi. That's all I'm saying. Do you want to get into what the game does well? Uh, real quick, Dan. We got our fun fact of the episode. Okay, what hit me with it. Fun fact of the episode, guys. Uh, you might not know this because recently we launched worthitorworthless.com. Yep. And there's a, it's just a one-stop shop. If you were like, I want to find <laughs> stuff. These guys are always talking about all this stuff. It's all there on the website. You can find our episodes. You can find some really great articles that Dan has written uh, that are inspired by what we've talked about here. We've got yep. reviews. All sorts of good stuff there. So if you're like, man, I just want more. I want more worth it or worthless. Yeah, I need more of these guys. I I've need- already subscribed to Patreon. I just need I need even more. <laughs> more of Dan's ridiculous opinions on things. Yes. Check out the website. You can also find all sorts of other good stuff there. Little yep. tidbits, little oh, Easter eggs. Worth it or worthless.com. There you go. All right. Let's jump into what the game does well. Number one thing for me, I have to say that this is a top tier Star Wars game that is lots of fun. Lots of fun. Okay. This is the thing. There are, there's <laughs> over a hundred Star Wars games. Video games are fun. No, let's well, talk listen. about this. Listen, <laughs> let me explain. There's over a hundred Star Wars games. There's so many of them that now if you Google it, instead of saying like there are 108 Star Wars games, there's just so many of them. It says there's over a hundred. And uh, I, would, I would hazard that at least a single digit percentage of those games are pretty good. Well, so here's the thing. <laughs> we've covered, I think, pretty much all of them on this podcast. Yeah. No, we've covered a lot of them on the podcast. And just <laughs> this because is episode game, 95. We've yeah. covered most of the Star Wars, most of the hundreds. <laughs> this um, is just a Star Wars game podcast. <laughs> Uh, every May. We could make that, though. That could be a thing. It, uh, yeah, it could. I mean, if we go long enough and there's enough maze. We'll eventually cover all of them. Uh, so this is the thing. As long as they don't release more than two Star Wars games a year, and then we're in trouble. <laughs> so this is the thing. Uh, some of them are not fun. We've played some of them that are not fun. And so when we get one that is Star Wars, which we love, and it's also fun, then that is a great combination. And I have to say that this is like the top tier. Like even among the ones that are fun, these KOTOR games are like probably my favorite Star Wars games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think like it's 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 a good I hate just being like yes the game is fun but like on a, on the on a macro level the game is satisfying and fun um there's something about I hate I I'm sorry 
What I'm trying to articulate is like, I hate when we just say a game is fun because that's not really helpful. It's not helpful, but I think in, when it comes a, to a licensed game, it is helpful yeah. because it's so rare that a game is fun and that a game is good. And so when you have a licensed game that is fun and good and it's actually like not like this isn't just fun and good for a licensed game or not just fun and good for a Star Wars game like this is. This is like legitimately a top tier video game. Okay, uh, so here's what I want to do. I want to unpack why this game is fun. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I think my first point helps that a little bit. Let's and hear it. It is Dungeons and Dragons. Again, I said this about the first Knights of the Old Republic in the episode that was from two years ago. I don't remember what the num- number is. 30 something, 40 something. I don't know. Um, 44. 44. Dungeons and Dragons is the system or the D20 system developed by Wizards of the Coast is sort of uh, the pulling all the strings behind here um, between the combat and the leveling system and like the stats and all this stuff. And I think Dungeons and Dragons, like, I mean, when it's been around since the 70s, like the system Dungeons and Dragons has been around for a while. It's like a really good system to build something on. Yeah, so if you're going to make a video game and you're going to make an RPG, like you're going to have to come up with a system to manage all of the stats, all the classes, all that kind of stuff, all the abilities, and you can either, you know, go from scratch and build your own thing or you can use something that already exists and why not use something like the Dungeons and Dragons system that has been tested by a gazillion people over the years and they've <laughs> refined it so many times like they have, you know, you have uh the different I don't I don't know a ton about D&D but I know you have like D&D 5e and it's, all like that kind it's of sold stuff. more copies than switches i'm sure it has yes <laughs> so all that to say copies it's, of dungeons and dragons they let somebody else do the heavy lifting for them and coming up with the system but but for those of us who aren't total nerds and don't care about any of that stuff it all happens kind of behind the scenes so you don't have to super <laughs> engage in it like <laughs> if you are dan or, or whoever Whoa, and you want to okay. get really into it it's all there for those of us who aren't total nerds yeah how do you really feel jordan I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if you want to go really deep in the weeds, you can. If you don't want to go really deep in the weeds and you're like, I just want to run around and hit people with a lightsaber, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. Which plays to another point um, with all the stats. Like, I have auto-leveling written, written down as something that the game does well. Because it's like, well, you got these all these characters that you can choose from. And so, like, maybe you don't want to use... Uh, this droid character that's in your party ever. And then all of a sudden you want to use it for a mission. Well, instead of leveling it from level six to 22 manually, you just hit like the Y button on the Xbox game pad. And it's like, oh, it just, here's some suggestions of what we think this character is built and spec for. And by some suggestions, it literally just levels the guy up for you. Yeah. Or it can make suggestions if you go in manually. Like if you go into a manual power yeah, and you hit true. Y, it will suggest stuff. Um, so you're absolutely right. Like with the Dungeons and Dragons system, it's like, if I really know that I want this particular character to fill this particular role, like I want this character to be my security character so that I don't have to waste security points on my you know, main character or whatever, um, you can do it or you can just kind of let the game decide who's who for you. And another, another nice thing is that in a lot of places, you can actually just change out your party on the fly. As long as you're not in a particular situation, you can just go into the menu and pick whichever character you want. So yeah. auto leveling helps for when you want to do that too. Or if you're not in a battle, you can just swap somebody in yeah. at almost any time. Yeah. Uh, I, to go along with that, right along with that is that this is an RPG for everyone, even people who hate RPGs. I feel like I, so before we ever started this podcast, if you asked me, Jordan, do you like RPGs? I'd be like, yeah, I love RPGs. (laughs) Really? Because my idea of RPG was Pokemon. (laughs) 
It's like, yeah, that's cool. I can have like different characters and I level them up. And and then we played some real RPGs on this show. And then I was like, <laughs> I hate RPGs. They're boring. They're long. They're slow. I have to Google things every five seconds. This isn't a game. This is like a book with more work. Like I not a book where I have to go on the internet and find every other page. And so the thing that's great about this game is it is an RPG. It has all those fiddly bits if you want them, but it also makes it so that you can interact with it and not have to do any of that. At no point did I ever have to Google anything in this game. I think maybe once I did, and that was because I wanted to do it faster, not because I got lost or confused about something. Uh, even more so than the first KOTOR game, probably because I kind of understood the yeah. the game a little bit more. Uh, it does things for you like... If an like in a normal RPG, it's like, oh, here's like a million NPCs and I have to find out which one of them has the information that I need yeah. to find out what to do next. In this game, if an NPC has a name, like a, it like tells you like this guy's name is John. Yeah. It wouldn't be that because it stars would be like John So Quito. Uh, you're like, OK, I need to talk to that person because he has a name. If it just says commoner or soldier or whatever then I'm like, I don't need to talk to that person because they don't have any quest-sensitive uh, information for me. It also does stuff for us. Like, I don't think that's actually true, though. It is true. I don't know if that's 100% it's true. It's 100% true. If, if a person does not have a, a, a proper name or a, like a proper pronoun or whatever, they, you don't have to talk to that person. No, 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 you don't just, have to. They're just going to spit out. They're not going to give you any like text boxes to interact with unless they have an actual like name. Uh, Same. But again, I don't think that that's necessarily true. Dude, it's true. I I'm, tested it. I tested it. <laughs> I'm thinking I there was a couple of, of situations where um, I walked up to NPCs that didn't necessarily have names and got like a little cutscene from it and stuff. Unless, unless it was like a, a unique name. Like it might not be like, say, like Lieutenant Johnson. But if it says like the general, it's like I should probably talk to the guy who's a general. But if it's just like a random soldier, you don't need to talk to that guy. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because, I'm telling because you, I'm, you said that I was specifically watching out for it and i feel like that was not my experience because i was like i don't know well here's the thing i played the game that way and i beat it that way and yeah. so for those of us who don't want to go around and talk to 900 npcs you can play this game that way yeah similarly 100 exactly. yep similarly That's a great thing there are like a million boxes in this game for some reason you can just go and loot every room home uh spaceship in the game and in the first game they had that too but it's just like you'd go up to a box and you'd open it and be like, this box is empty. And you're like, cool. Okay, there's 900 boxes in this room. I have to go click on each of them and find out it's empty. And this one, if a box has like a name or like it'll like pop up an icon above it, and it's like, okay, that box has something in it. And you don't have to go waste your time opening empty boxes. I never opened an empty box in this game and it was amazing. <laughs> it's like this game I, I don't was... don't remember if this is true. I meant Dude, to like fact check this. It's true. This is just how I just played this game. It was amazing. They There's like... Uh, they took this game and they're like, what if we made an RPG that doesn't suck? And <laughs> like I, I'm just wondering, like, yeah. Well, so I'm saying KOTOR and KOTOR 2, they're like, what if we made RPGs that oh, you're are, just, okay. that I don't thought you were about the first one. I was like, what do you, no, this is. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's right. great. And then they even did some, they did like great things. Like the other thing I, I hated about Final Fantasy VII was like 9 million endless cutscenes. And yeah. they just go on forever and ever and ever and ever. This game has a gazillion cutscenes. And like a lot of times you'll be talking to somebody and it'll like, the dialogue will become a cutscene. You can skip, uh, like it'll it'll have text for every cutscene, and once you've read it, you can hit the button and it'll just skip to the next line. It doesn't skip the entire cutscene; it just lets you skip to the next line, and so you're able to blast through cutscenes without having yeah. to sit there forever. It's like they took this game and they're like, "What if it was actually fun and an enjoyable experience to play an RPG?" And I wish more games would do that. Yeah, I feel like too they added like I don't know if some of the stuff is like quality of life or 
something else, but like they, I don't remember if the first game did this, but like there's, there's points in this, in the game where it's like, Hey, when this happens or that when this character does this, like Adden has a, uh, penchant for t- telling the future or something or like when you get a cut scene like you jedi premonition you should save your game like it gives you these tutorial hand-holding things where it's like oh i see these enemies up ahead probably a significant event is going to happen i should add a save here yeah in case i want to change it and i don't remember if that was a thing in the first game but i, I appreciate it in the second game that whenever you got these like force visions it was like oh Save your game before you walk into this room. I definitely got stuck less often in this game than in yeah. the first one. I was listening back to that episode, and there was times where I had to like go back and because I got stuck in a in a certain area. I think that this game helps you out by uh, there. Definitely is a lot of depth here, which yeah. is another thing that the game does well. There's like these games are made to be replayed multiple times because you literally can't do everything on one playthrough. You can't do everything on two playthroughs because you can you yeah. can make your guy go completely dark side, which is what I did. And it was I didn't love that because <laughs> it's so like doing all of the evil things, you're like, no, like when you're the good guy, you know what the right choice is. When you're the bad yeah. guy, it's a little bit harder to know what the right choice is. So I, I wish I would have gone light side. But you can go dark side, you can go light side and you get two completely different stories. Yeah. You have all of these different uh party members and they have this influence system where you can interact yeah. with them and based on how you interact with them, it, it changes like how they feel about you and what happens in the story. Yeah. And so you literally have to play this game many times to uh, explore all the different areas of it. But you might be thinking like, oh, that sounds awful. Like I'm going to get like analysis yeah. paralysis because like, I don't know what to do. The game really saves you from that because you can't really mess up. Like you can play this game however you want and you're going to be able to beat it. The only exception I think is, is you really have to commit to light side or dark side because there's one area of the game and I ran into this problem where if you're not at least 75% light or 75% dark, you can't get into this cave that you need to like progress the story. And so I was just a little bit too, I wasn't, I was dark, but I wasn't dark enough. And I had to like run around, go to different planets and find more evil things to do real quick so that I could get dark enough to progress the story. But that was the only time. And that was mostly because I, I just wasn't very good at being a dark side character. I should have been light side. Um, after playing the the first quarter game, I was like, I want to play dark side. And I don't think I'll do that again in the future just because (laughs) I I wasn't good at it. Yeah. I have the, the flexibility of the story as as something that it does well, because it's it's like, it's not only, um, just, Oh, light side or dark side, but like you can do different classes and characters or, um, just do use different party members. And it's, it seems like the, the influence system, like as far as the end of the game, so when you look at the character, um, I think it's the stats screen, like where it shows your force alignment and it'll be like more blue and then glowing or it'll be like more red if you're like dark side kind of a thing. When you go over certain characters, they have like a white glow behind them. Yeah. Which means they're like super light side. Yep. And then at the end of the game, when I was on the, you know, the last section, the a couple of the characters that had that glow, I want to say, maybe had uh, like a, a part on in the end of the story. And I was like, is that cause I remember she had the, the glow. Like, is this, is this because she was super light side and there was some influence? I'm like, I wonder if that can change, if your influence can affect how the, the game sort of uh, throws you in, into the end of it. I don't know. So I kind of, I, 
the influence system was new to this game. It wasn't yeah. in the first KOTOR game, and so I wasn't really expecting it, and I didn't play this game with that knowledge. So, like, I basically used the same two party members along with my main character every everywhere I went that it let yeah. me. And sometimes it forces you to split up, but because I did that, I missed out on, like, a lot of the extra stuff you can do. Um, like, I won't say who, but you can yeah. train some of the characters to become, like, Jedis, which is pretty cool, but I didn't know that and so I just rolled with the same two characters the whole time and yeah. I, I feel like I missed out on a lot of that but that just goes into the depth of the game and the fact that you can play it everybody's going to play this game differently and because yeah. of that you're going to get a different story and a different feel than I did or Dan did because you really mold how the game goes yeah I read that you could train people to be Jedi I didn't do it some of the characters the NPCs they want to like fight me and train or like play Pazak. So I was like, I don't want to have these conversations. I don't want to, I'm trying to finish this game. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of it was like, um, <laughs> I might've missed out on some of that stuff, but like I was, so this game to me feels like a pretty heavy precursor to Mass Effect. Mass Effect is like general sci-fi KOTOR, the first one is. It got a little bit more third-person shooter RPG after that, but it, in the same way that like Castlevania 2 kind of feels like the precursor to Symphony of the Night, like a rough draft, I really was like, oh, this really feels like future like Bioware RPGs. You so I was get... talking to a lot of people, but when they wanted me to do something, I was like, I don't want to do this. I'd want to progress the story. <laughs> if we have to do more than a conversation where I click my <laughs> response, I don't want to do this. You missed out on some side quests. I sure did. I yeah. don't care. I don't even care. I finished this game like two hours before we recorded this episode. So. Yeah. My final uh, save was just over 30 hours. I think so. My save was just under 32 hours, but my playtime was probably closer to like 34, 35 based on reloading saves oh. or little things. Um, so yeah, it was probably like three. 30, I only had to. 30, I only had to go back and reload a save like once or twice. Um, but we'll talk more about that in a little while. Yeah. Jordan, I like, so one of the things that Obsidian supposedly did was like made the levels bigger, but like besides Narshida, yeah. like the levels don't feel like they're overwhelmingly big. I like that. Yeah. No, I actually felt like the levels were smaller yeah. than the first yeah. one aside from Narshida, which was gigantic. Yeah. Um, so it was like, yeah, the, the this game, it's like, it's an RPG. We're going to throw a bunch of quests at you, but it doesn't feel like overwhelming because you have to like talk to all these different people to like get these quests done. But it actually doesn't feel overwhelming because of the size of the world. So I think that that's the structure of this game um, actually plays well to it. Yep, totally agree. And on that point, piggybacking a little bit, a couple of the planets are from the original KOTOR. And there's nods to the original KOTOR in this game, which I appreciated, like, spoiler alert, you can rebuild HK-47. Did you do that? I did, yeah. He was one of my dudes. Really? Did you not do that? I sure did. Oh, okay. But when I... So I loaded up my original Xbox save, like, back from, like, 2007 or whatever, just to see where I was at. Yeah. And I didn't do it back then. So I'm, like... Because I was missing a couple characters on the, the select screen. Oh. Um, I, I filled them all up this time. So I got every character at some point. I even took a screenshot to prove it to myself. Like, I did it. I did the thing. I got them all. I caught them all. Although... Apparently, is, if you play as a girl, there's a... Like, it swaps out. So, like, I'm assuming you played as a guy. Yeah. I yeah. played as a guy. And so you pick up 
one party member, but if you're playing as a girl, you don't get that party member and you pick up a different dude yes. party member who you interact with in the story, but you, I'm like, is this a person I can add to my team? Yeah. And I'm like, why can't I add this person to my team? And then I realize, oh, it's because I'm a dude, he's a dude, we're all dudes, hey. <laughs> also, there's, a, a, depending on your alignment, light side or dark side, another one will change. The Wookiee will change with a uh, really? character oh. uh, called Mira. The, the, the two, you know, the Wookiee Hanhar is his name, I think. Yeah, I had Hanhar. You didn't yeah. have Hanhar? No, his his life debt is owed to... to is her name's not Mission. Mission's the girl from the first no, one. No, Mira. I think Mira. Right. She's the other... Uh, yes. Um, what do you call it? She's basically pew, the mission pew. from... Yes, she's the Bounty scoun- hunter. scoundrel. Bounty hunter. There we go. Jeez. So you get her in your party if you're light side, and you get Hanhar. That, okay, that explains. I had to fight her to the death. Yeah, yeah. Did well, you fight was, Hanhar to the death? So... Yes, I fought Han, Han, I don't know. Hanhar. Hanhar. From Michigan, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get into some some end game spoilers here. So if you really don't want to do, you we want to know anything about we, this. We should say that the twists and spoilers in this game are not nearly as satisfying as the first one. So you're not going to be missing. It's not going to, if you've played KOTOR 1, you're like, oh, I would never want to have that spoiled. This game is not really like that. Okay. In my, my, in my personal opinion. <laughs> Minor spoiler, uh, Mira, the bounty hunter, was one of the characters that had like a glowing light side alignment in my party. Oh. And so when I was on the last planet, she showed up and had to fight Hanhar. Wait, what? <laughs> Hanhar. Yeah, so... Dude, uh, I killed her on the first planet, on Nar Shaddaa. So what happens in the story, again, spoiler alert, is you fight the Wookiee, you defeat him, and then Kreia comes in behind and resurrects him from the dead. What? Yep. Nope. Yep. Definitely did not have yep. anything like that in my game. Yep. But I was dark side. Well, and that's just it, right? That's what's cool about this game is like the stuff that happened. So that's why I'm like, well, is the alignment of characters because Bowder, Bowder, B-A-O-D-U-R. I oh, used Bowser. Him. He's ba- the Bowser. dragon from Mario. He's a Brock. Um, he was in my party most of the time because he's really good at repairs and stuff. Oh, you? Uh, that was uh, Darth Maul. Yeah. Boater. <laughs> I think they call him Bowder. But uh, he also played a role at the end of the game. And I couldn't have conversations with him anymore. It was just like anytime I tried to talk to him, it was like uh, gave me the option to just walk away. So he like follows you blindly through the game, basically. Not blindly, yeah. but like, so I don't know what your relationship with him was. Um, I don't remember. Like I said, I pretty much just used Atten and Kreia the entire time. Well, the reason I ask is because like he is a character that like he served with you like back in the whatever, the, the history of this. The Mandalorian you, Wars. Yeah, the Mandalorian Wars. So he's like, he keeps calling you general and like he's a follower of yours. Um, and so he's kind of significant to, he has a significant yeah. relationship. I did with the see that you so. have to do something very specific for him to like reach his potential. And if you miss it, you miss it. Yeah. I don't know. So he was a key at the end of the game for me. Okay. Um, so I don't, I don't want to spoil too much. But I don't know what you're talking about. I have all no right. Well, clue. we could talk about it afterwards so that we can see if you had the same experience that I did. Sounds good. You got anything but else? I kind of do. I kind of do. Um, the, the combat is a blast when you get fully powered up. Uh, it's fine. So you spend a good number of hours, probably over 20 where you're like attack and it's like, miss, miss. You're like a lot of your attack and you're just like, (laughs) all right, well, this is annoying. 
Fortunately, you tipped me off with like the the speed is like essential. I'm like, that's a great idea. Just get speed and sprint through the entire game. Yeah. So I had master speed on like most of the time. Oh, yeah. One of the benefits of master speed is you get an extra attack every round. Yes. So I'm running around with a double bladed lightsaber instead of like two attacks per, per round. I'm getting four attacks per round. When I'm using flurry attack, I'm getting five attacks per round and stuff like that. So the t- I spent, you know, 60 to 70% of this game like watching my attacks miss. And then when I'm, I was finally a fully powered up Jedi, master speed, battle meditation, uh, and it just watched me one shot most of the weaker enemies. Watch me nit whip. Watch me nene. It's like, I was like, this is so much fun. Like, I'm, my stasis, like... I just can freeze everybody. I can freeze a group of enemies it, and yeah. just knock them all out. It's like, th- it, is it was more... so much more fun when my character just basically stopped missing. Like he was basically hitting 95% of his attacks. And I was like, this yeah. is amazing. Yeah. The, the, all of the upgrades definitely do pay off eventually. Yeah. And like on the, the sort of funness of the combat when it gets, you know, when you get your powers and leveled up the lightsaber forms. I thought the lightsaber forms were great. Did you use any of these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. There's ones that optimize your lightsaber if you're fighting a bunch of opponents, if you're fighting people with blasters, if you're fighting a Jedi. Yeah. Uh, if you want to just like go full out, no defense, just like Kylo Ren style, just like hacking at people. Yeah. So you can choose how you use your lightsaber and you definitely want to tweak it a little bit depending on who you're fighting. But again, it's not super important if you don't want to fuss around with all the different menus. And no, stuff. but it's cool. Like you can have like a boost to your force points and your force damage, or you can, you know, like it's like this form is plus Jedi, but minus like, uh, multiple opponents, multiple opponents. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, it adds little, and it's not like, I don't think it's crazy differences. I think my force powers went from 36 to 40 damage or something like a little bit of a, a, why, a, of why a difference. Why were you looking at your stats in the middle? Of I wasn't. It's the numbers that pop up when I was like force oh, wave oh, a group oh. of enemies. It normally does 36. Now it's doing 40. Cause gotcha. I was like, how much extra damage is this? So you know. I just used leech seed for the entire end game. Well, I didn't get, have any dark side powers. It's not me. called Leech Seed, but it's basically Leech that seed. where you just... just <laughs> oh, is that a Pokemon ability? <laughs> yeah. You're just stealing health from people. It's like, I, I don't ever have to heal my it. dude because I'm stealing yeah. energy from like... Drain life or whatever. Death Field, yeah. I think is what it's called. Something like that. Yeah. the the That's another cool thing is like the, the, alter, the opposite alignment powers are more expensive to use, but you can still get them. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, I don't know. That's, that's, that's kind of fun. But... That's neat. Yep, that's neat. That's all I have, Jordan. I'm done. I'm, do- right. I'm done with what the game does well. Let's 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 get into the real the real truth about Kotor too. Let's get into what the game doesn't do so well. Okay. First thing and the most important thing that I think that Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords, does not do so well <laughs> is it is a buggy mess. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty dang buggy. And I think that I don't know that it was like, I, I mean, I haven't played KOTOR, the first one in a, a year. I don't know that how bad. Two years. Two years, two years. 
I don't know like if it's really all that much worse than it but yeah there was definitely a lot of times where it's like okay the person that I need to talk to to do this thing isn't where they're supposed to be or like I have all these like outstanding quests that I can't actually can't do because like the people aren't giving me the right uh like dialogue options there was just a weird glitchy stuff and if you go online and like google like hey i'm glitched out of the spot people like oh you just need to go back you need to redo that area and i kept using quick save instead of like being smart and going and making like different saves and so like a lot of times i couldn't go back without going back like an hour plus and it was like oh man okay i'm gonna have to go back and like reset this whole thing and then often i just decided not to unless it was a critical yeah like story line thing where you had to do it uh, yeah, it's definitely glitchy, buggy. You can get soft locked into certain areas if you're not careful. So the biggest problem, or the, I would say the most common problem is is the pathfinding. It's just like a mess. Well, in that was game. in KOTOR 1 too, because I remember you, you'd be running and you get stuck on a person or get stuck on a party member yeah. or on a doorway. You're, like, you're just like trying to run through a door and your guy's just like caught on nothing apparently. Yeah, like I, I want to go loot the remains of that body and like my character won't run around my party that's like in the yeah. way or like the enemies, like you can cheese the lines of sight and stuff in this. Like literally enemies can't see over a corner that doesn't exist. Like the terrain, the map has like a corner here. Yeah. And so if you round the corner, you can still like see the enemy, but it they breaks the you. line of sight. <laughs> or like when you fight the twin sons on Narshada or whatever. Yeah. I'm sprinting around this cantina in circles, and all of a sudden, one of them is trapped in the doorway. The other yes. one gets hung up on a door. Same happened to me. It was awesome. She's just like blasting me, and I'm just standing in one spot, taking them out one at a time, taking them out. And it's like this game is so buggy. It's like ridiculous. It is, but it's it's a little bit endearing, but also it's a little bit yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Or like one of the things that happened is I got in, into a battle on Korriban or whatever, um, and it's like you're having a, a Jedi vision. And uh, so based on how you navigate the conversation before you have this vision, it'll give you like light side points. Yeah. I did one force power and I won the vision. And then I talked to the person and they started the conversation again. And I said the same options and it gave me light side points. And then my, you know, the vision happened and then I defeated the enemies. And then I talked to the person a third time and it gave me light side points. And so, well, so yeah. I was able to cheese my yeah. way and like because i i was full light side alignment which gave me a stat boost at the time it was constitution and then then i did something and lost a bunch of light side points probably 10 percent of my light side points and i was like what what in the world and so i had to do a bunch of light side actions to get it full again so i was just trying to get back to what i unintentionally screwed up i saw um, that uh, some of those things where you can cheese to get infinite light side or infinite dark side points aren't in the iOS version. Yeah. So I wonder if like they patched that or something. Yeah. Or if it's just a glitch of the different uh, like hardware architecture. I don't know. Well, I think one of the things, you know, that I heard was this game, since it had to be out in December, they couldn't like polish and fix bugs for the Xbox version. So if the iOS version, I don't know what the state of the PC version is. Official, the official PC version. I think this game has Steam Workshop support, and yeah, there's, there's fan fixes and stuff. But that, I mean, that's definitely worth unofficial it. fixes. Yeah, no, they, they. So I have this little fun fact that I, I pulled down to this spot. Uh, this was from TV Tropes, where you know I yeah. usually go to get our trivia, <laughs> and they said that Obsidian, the developers, were so annoyed about having to release an incomplete game that they offered to make a mass content patch, which would have restored it to its planned glory. So it would have yeah. restored all of the content that got cut. LucasArts denied this request due to the Xbox's version being unpatchable. Wow. Uh, the Xbox version wasn't uh, Xbox yeah. Live enabled game. 
Um, the original was, so that's weird because you can get like a little bit of a content. You could at the time get a little bit of DLC for the first game. Are you sure? I'm. I remember it. Yeah. Okay, well, this is saying that it wasn't Xbox Live enabled. So the game was rushed, and a bunch of stuff was cut. They ended up cutting up to a third of the content, apparently, yeah. and that left a lot of bugs. There's a lot of doors in the latter half of the game, or the last third of the game, yeah. that you can't actually access. It's like, why are all these doors? Okay. Like, do I have to do something to be able to get into uh, these doors? Nope, you just, that was stuff that got cut. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the glitches can be solved by installing a restored content mod, which is one of those, yeah. like, Steam Workshop. Like, it's a, it's a, they're made by just average yeah. Joe's not by obsidian or whoever, but they've been able to go in and add in all of this content based on interviews and stuff that they, they heard from the developers. They went in and added all this stuff back in. So if you're like really into that, apparently yeah. you can do it on the computer. Apparently you can even sideload it onto iOS. It's not that difficult. If you have a, like you can do it through official means, not like illegally or whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's just, if you play this game, you're going to encounter bugs. Like, yeah, I feel like it's just inevitable. Absolutely. I would it's say just, it's, it's one of those. It's not like, oh, that's an unusual case. It's like, nope, it's yeah. getting into a buggy experience. Save early, save often, yes. and don't just use quick save. You can use quick save, but um, I use quick save a lot, like every, before every conversation, because I was trying to get those dark side points. Mm. And so often I would go back to my quick save and redo conversations, trying to figure out what the right thing to say was. Xbox version doesn't have quick save oh only has manual saves yeah play this on ios and uh i so i have the original xbox version i also have the digital version on xbox one of the backwards compatible version or whatever um there were a few times i don't know if this is xbox one exclusive or if it was like the game um itself but there were there were times where the game would go and it would freeze and i would have to i would have to kill it (laughs) and reload the game i never had so save often is the the uh, save often and have several save slots is kind of the yeah the, the best practice here. Yes, absolutely. Um, for me, I would say something this game doesn't do so well is that the story is not as good as the first game. Okay. Uh, I feel like it is purposefully confusing. Like they're trying to kind of like put you off balance because you're not really sure what your backstory is or what the motivations of some of your uh, party members are. So they're purposely kind of doing that. But also the the story is on a much smaller scale than the first game, and there's no real twist in this game. Like there there technically is kind a twist, of, kind but of. if you have any sort of brain uh, <laughs> and you can pick up on foreshadowing, there is no twist in this game. It's like very obvious. It telegraphs it from like pretty much the very first level yeah. of the game. What's going to yeah. happen? And so there's no twist, and that is like the thing about Kotor One is like one of the greatest twists. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Like you never see it coming, kind of thing. So the fact that this game doesn't have that, it's, it's not terrible. Like it's, no, it's no, just no. like a lot of video games, but it doesn't have quite that same level of story as the first game. Well, I think the, the, the twist in the first one is, is a way more interesting, um, sort of satisfying story, but this one, they do make your character like, this significant piece of Star Wars, like the whole story is basically your character is unique in the fact that they, they get exiled by the Jedi after some big, horrible battle happens. And like, he has a unique relationship with the force after that. (laughs) Um, And so the way that the him and the force, their, their Facebook relationship status is it's complicated. (laughs) So, so basically the grand scale of it's it, the story is like is the universe going to be significantly different after this character does whatever they do um so i mean it's it's like it's a less satisfying story for sure but it's still like 
this is a, an important character in Star Wars. Sure. There's so. also just all these like they're like, oh, here's a bad guy. He he looks like a crumbly rock monster, and here's another <laughs> bad guy, and they've got a mask. Whoa, what's gonna happen? These guys, nothing. Nothing happens with these guys. Is the answer. <laughs> So like they set up stuff like you like, you could tell that they were gonna try to pay some of this stuff off and then they just ran out of time and it's like okay just that, beat the bad guys. That's a fantastic uh, segue into to another point that I have with the game doesn't well and that's like closure with the, the side characters and stuff. Besides like getting one, um, uh, the the bounty hunter and the Wookiee, like I got some closure there because uh, there's like a battle and you know at the end or whatever for light side. And the, it was just like, what about the, I, I don't, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much, but it was like, it really didn't feel like there was any payoff to what I had done or built up with, with the, the party members, like in mass effect, they all have like special missions and stuff or like, you know, in mass effect two, I think you're picking different party members and based on how much they like you, there's they'll survive or they won't survive and i feel like i don't know if it's just something i missed or didn't do well enough with some of them but i feel like it was just like i rolled the credits and i was like what about all this other stuff well also i think you have that's where it comes into who did you have influence with who did you like spend the most time with whose like stories did you actually do all the side quest stuff for yeah because like the ones that you spent that most time with are those are the ones that you're going to get the payoff for and the ones that you didn't you got to replay and and chase those down i spent like no time with the bounty hunter girl i had a couple conversations to yeah i mean that might just be a it was like it was really weird because i'm like why is she here like i don't I had a little bit of that too where it forced me to like have a moment with a character who I didn't ever really use in the final parts of the game. Yeah. Um, so that is interesting. Did you run into Karth and Bastila from the first game? I, I ran into Bastila at some point. Yeah, which was kind of interesting. Like you just run into Karth and Bastila and it's like, hey, I remember but those guys. I don't think in the way that you, you're referring to, I didn't. There was like a cutscene and they're like, they were like directing me and like trying to help me on my path without like really. Letting me know who they were. Oh, yeah, no. The, the, the Mandalore is Candorous from the first game, by the way. I don't know what that means. The, you remember the bounty hunter from the first game? He no. was like... That's another nod of the first game. But There you go. Yeah, there's all sorts of those little um, things in there. But yeah, like... And even like right before the end, it's like, based on what you do, the events of the universe will shift or whatever. And it sounded yeah. like I was going to have to make a choice, and then it just rolled credits. I was like, Huh? Well, they wanted to make a third one, but the third one was supposed to like go back to the story from the first one, which is kind of weird. Like you had this great payoff, like yeah. the dude's going off and like, why didn't we follow up on yeah. the story from the first one? I don't know. I just felt like they didn't tie up things that it, like, I'm not one of these people who looks for like glaring plot, plot holes in things or like really is super sensitive unless it's done really poorly. Yeah. But there were some things where it was like it was telling me that I was going to make a choice and yeah. I never made that choice when I, when I rolled the, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That could have been so weird. They were, you know, they're cutting stuff for time. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Like <laughs> part of me is like, did I hit a button too fast and accidentally make a choice that I didn't realize? But I don't think so. I was just like, what? All right. All right. Okay, Whatever. Here we go. So 
I got one last thing here. All right. For me, uh, it's not a, not a huge thing, but I feel like the game needs more fast travel. They added yeah. some, which was nice. Like on Telos, you have the the consoles, yeah. and um, on one planet, you have like a Mandalorian who help you like quickly get to the camp yeah. and quickly get back to your ship. But it would have been nice. You mentioned that the the levels aren't gigantic, so it's not a huge deal. But it's like, man, in the first game, I could always just click on my ship and go back to my ship, and it's like that was an awesome feature. Why is that gone in this yeah. game? Uh, there on Narshadai, you can apparently build a speeder, yeah, and it helps you get around. But um, I didn't realize that until I had done the entire level, and at that point, it doesn't let you build the speeder anymore. So I'm like, it's like, man, I wish that there was more fast travel in this game. They do have it in small doses, but they got rid of the most useful in- instance of it, and I kind of don't understand why they did that. So that plays into my last like I've got a heading with a couple of sub points or whatever, and that is like quality of life features that this game is kind of lacking. Yeah, um, and one of them is the map system and objective features could be better. Like in modern RPGs, you get like, here's where you need to go to finish this quest. Waypoints would be super nice. You know, when you're on your map, like you have to literally just hit up and down on the Xbox to like scroll through these dots on the map to see significant locations. And it's like, can I just hit right? And like go over to the right instead of scrolling through six dots trying to find the key point. Another reason why you should play this game with touch screen. Yeah, well, oh, is it fixed in the, well, you <laughs> the other version? Just touch the things yeah. you want to touch. Yeah, no, you can't do it in the Xbox version. Another thing is the boost and debuff arrows on your character. You have no idea what's boosted or what's debuffed. I don't know what that means. So, like, when you cast, like, Master Speed, you get a little arrow on your portrait because your character's fast. It's like a oh, little blue yeah. arrow. You might just get, like, four arrows stacked yeah, up. Yeah, five your... arrows. Like, what do I have right now? And then if, you know, certain characters I had set to Jedi support, so they're casting abilities that I don't necessarily have myself. Okay, cool. I got a buff of some sort so you don't need it, to why do you need to know all that well because if the character casts like battle meditation or something which yeah. boosts like whatever defense and attack rolls or whatever i also have that ability uh, you don't do need i that. need to cast it do i like it's just the the lack give me a picture of the buffs that i have instead of like oh your character is buffed or adrenal you know the stimulants oh, i never and stuff i never like used that, that even like, one time. anytime you get upgraded or debuffed like it's just arrows on your and I complained about this in the first <laughs> game and it's like it's just it's a like I don't know it would be like, nice give but me clarity who cares what's the, going on which also plays into slightly the next point and that's like it's hard to compare gear like in a modern RPG like you're gonna get stuff where it's like the oh, piece yeah. that you just picked up is better in this 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 and way like you there's no compare screen no so a lot of the times like okay well you have two weapon slots um or, you know, you can put something in your right hand and your left hand, and then you have a second, like, right hand, left hand set. And so if you put something in both hands, you can, like, hit the X button on Xbox, and it'll change, and you yeah. can see the, the damage rolls on it. But, like, in a modern game, like, you know, you're going to be able to look at gear side by side, and I'm just like, the the screen real estate or whatever, the inventory, you, like, you have to, like, scroll dra- down through it, and, like, you can't, like, alphabetize your gear. You can't, like, filter your inventory super effectively. It kind of effectively. filters it for you based on, like, it put all the yeah, best stuff together. Yeah, it does, but it's, like, it's just, it's quality of life stuff that's just, like, this is really tedious to sort of look at and manage this gear and my inventory, and, like, I just, you gotta, like, I would love to mark stuff as junk just to sell. Like, I don't need... 18 vibro swords like i can i just click this and then when i visited you know a merchant like you get in a modern rpg because that's what we do on the shows we unfairly judge games by today's standards um 
I think that that yeah. is less of an issue in this game because this game you don't really have to worry about. It. You're thinking about this game like a normal RPG instead of a dummy dum dum RPG. No. Yeah, and you don't not, you don't need it's to. It's not unreasonable listen, to damn. want these quality of life features in a Th- game. This part. is what it did. Instead of giving you an arrow saying this is better, if that armor looks cooler, it's better. <laughs> You pick the coolest looking armor, the coolest looking sword, the coolest looking gems to put in your lightsaber, and boom. That's all you have to do. It's like, does this look cooler? Okay, it's better. And then you don't worry about it because it doesn't really matter. Well, even that, like inside the game, so I don't know if there's this stuff in the manual, just like, I was like, what is what is charisma and intelligence like why why what are these dnd stats and it wouldn't there was no way to like without leveling your character up there was no way to go back and like just get like a quick like oh this is what wisdom does and this is what i'm saying that's what i'm telling you it's nice that they have that it helped them give a system to build on but you don't have to worry about any of it you don't have to worry about it but what there's literally no point in worrying about any of it but actually there is because based on how high your strength is like or your dexterity you'll get bonuses you'll get plus you know one two three four five to the the roles going on behind the scenes so if you want to use lightsabers you need to you know know what strength does and when you level up your character it tells you what that stuff does but if you forget what some of the stuff you're not using does like charisma intelligence like do i need intelligence like is that relevant for the character i'm trying to play this is the thing i want you guys to know i beat this game faster than dan and i didn't care about any of that stuff that's all you need to know what (laughs) That's all you need to know. That's it. Got anything else? I don't. I don't. All right. There we go. Let's move on to our next segment. you pay for this game for an xbox complete version what would i pay for the experience you just had 32 hours of knights of the old republic 2 the sith lords um i'm leaving this one the end of the game man like i just it's it didn't there wasn't closure enough for me but generally (laughs) i would say that i like this game it's just like oh it feels like you dropped the ball oh that's because the game was pretty much unfinished. Yeah. But I started this one going like, I think I like this one better than the first one. And then now that I finished it, I'm like, I think I like the first one better than this one. I um, think, yeah, I feel like the, I liked playing this one more, but like the full experience of the other one, like with the story and everything is better. They definitely did like, this is definitely like a, a quicker, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've played them both now and I know what yeah. to expect. I'd have to go back and, and play it. But I I don't have one that's like, this was way better. Yeah. The other one was way better. They're both enjoyable. The thing that's kind of coming to my gut is like 20 to 30. So I guess we'll just call that 25. Because um, wow. it's like, I like these style RPGs. I like Dragon Age. I like Mass Effect. Um, I kind of like what BioWare s- sort of set up with these games. Um, and, you know, 30 it's for the silliness of worth it or worthless and judging games by modern standards like 33 hours is a modern experience there's a lot of like yeah games that are coming out that are in that that range so it's not unreasonable to, for, for 25 bucks for like a buggy rpg from 2004 yeah so i paid 10 bucks for this game on ios and i'm really happy with that yeah i don't want to say more because i don't want to spend more than i have to <laughs> uh and i feel really good about ten dollars yeah yeah 
Yeah. So what do you think that uh, a complete copy on Xbox is going for? What do I think that a complete copy is going for? Um, so I f- feel like this game was relatively cheap, but I think I was out and about retro game hunting recently and I saw a, a shop selling this game for like $24 or $25. And I was like, did this game spike in price? Did the KOTOR spike without me realizing it? Because I was thinking it was more in like the... I want to say I want to say fifteen, maybe like eighteen dollars for a complete copy. Around fifteen dollars. Yeah, uh, a complete copy on Xbox is is going for fourteen bucks according to price chart. Okay. Now, Dan, there's also a Xbox Platinum Hits version. Yeah. Any idea what that's going for? Ooh, uh, the original is fourteen dollars. The Platinum Hits version is sometimes those are a little more expensive. Just depends. Um, but those are less desirable if they're not NBA ballers, which is ex- extraordinarily <laughs> rare. I know you're just like, what are you talking about? That's like apparently super rare. So I think it's worth like $2,000 or something. Oh, wow. Like something dumb. It um, is dumb. Yeah. That's very dumb. Uh, $12. Yeah. For some reason, this one's a dollar more. It's 15 bucks. I was, you know, I tried to look it up. Yeah. I was like, is there a different, did they patch it? Is there anything different? I no. couldn't find anything different. It's just Occasionally you do get like the, the, whatever the greatest hits versions of games are like the game of the year edition or whatever but i don't think that's well these platinum hits versions are just any xbox game that sold more than forty thousand copies in the first nine months really yeah which is a really hmm. weird that's interesting uh thing to make but yeah yeah that's all that's what i could find out about it so they're basically the exact same price 14 15 bucks uh steam any idea what's going for on steam full price on steam probably ten dollars yeah ten bucks yeah Ten bucks on Steam. It's fifteen bucks on iOS, but you can bundle both games for twenty bucks. Yeah, and they frequently go on sale. I I think uh, they were recently on sale for like six or seven bucks a piece. Yeah, and so if you if you want to wait for a sale, six or seven bucks a piece. If you want to get both of them at twenty bucks, that's ten bucks each. That is a great deal. That's a great deal. Also, Steam with their fire sales, I think you can get this one for three or four dollars. Yeah, especially on Steam if you're able to load up that restored content mod and get all of the extra stuff. It supposedly fixes all the bugs, like not yeah. just adds like the story content back, but actually fixes all the bugs because I guess a lot of those bugs got added in because of stuff they removed from the game. Mm, I mean, that's not going to fix the pathfinding and like running into dudes or getting stuck on doors, but I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Some of the be- dialogue glitches. Yeah, I think that the with the mod support, you probably can get some pretty interesting, oh, maybe, crazy yeah. stuff going. Like I don't know. I've never modded a game, so I don't know. You know, if you're, I, yeah, I have to imagine you'll be able to get into the code and fix some of the stuff. I, don't, um, I have no idea. But, but there you go. At ten to fifteen bucks, I, I'm gonna have to say that's worth it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah, 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 not yeah. even a hard call at all, especially if you, if you <laughs> no. are a little bit more frugal and you want to wait for a sale. I would highly recommend playing it on on your phone or on tablet. Um, it has cloud save options, so you can pass it between those, which is really nice if you want to have it on multiple devices. And uh, I, I think the the touchscreen is a great feature in this game. You can you can load up a gamepad if you want, but the touchscreen is is great for this kind of game where there's a lot yeah. of different enemies on screen and you want to just be able to pick or pick doors or, yeah. or boxes or whatever. You don't have to worry about scrolling through options. Well, that's another nice thing is like, even if you want to use touch controls, which I would rather use a controller. I used a, a, a PS4 controller on my iPhone recently for the first time and I was like, this works surprisingly well. I can't believe that this actually yeah. feels like it's working perfectly. Um, but you pause this game a lot 
or well, you the game, can. My game like automatically paused yeah. for me when I got into battles. Is yours right. do that? It's an, actually an option. Oh, okay. You can turn it off if you want to. I think later but, in the game I would have turned it off if I knew that you could turn it off because at that point I was powerful enough that I didn't really need to like stop and select all my attacks. Yeah. But yeah, you can manually like pause combat. And so that's helpful for like navigating a touch screen that can be a little bit wonky at times. Whereas I, on the Xbox version, you scroll through selectable characters and items and stuff with the right and left trigger. Yeah. So it's really easy to for it to automatically know, but in iOS if you have to touch See, it, it's I like feel a like little touching messy. touching it is easier personally. Well, if there's it depends on where the camera's at and how much is going on on screen. Yeah. If you're trying to touch something specific, it's really helpful to just give me what is available for my character to interact with right now. So I played a little bit with the gamepad when we did KOTOR 1 because I have one that works on my phone and I quickly gave up on it. It's nice for moving around because like running around by like dragging your finger on the screen isn't great, but everything else, like all the menus and everything and the combat was was much better without it, hmm. in my opinion, which I'm entitled to no matter how right or wrong it may, may end up be. It's usually wrong, but you know. Yeah, that's fair. We'll, we'll agree. So it's worth it. Worth it. I think oh, we're yeah. both saying worth it. All and right, Jordan, do we have trivia today? We do. I have one piece of trivia here. Uh, we covered a lot of the trivia about this game just based on the, the story of it, but this kind of goes into some of that cut content. When they were originally starting to lay out the game and to plan what they wanted to do. We're talking about a cut scene? No, 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 no. <laughs> Which one of these character elements was originally planned to be included in KOTOR 2? Okay, so I'm going to give you two options. Okay. One of these was originally going to be in the game during the initial planning stages of the game before it was uh, nixed by LucasArts, okay? Yeah. Was it a Jedi Master of the same species as Yoda who is secretly treacherous and evil? Okay. Ooh. So like Yoda, but uh, Dark Side. He has a mustache. He's an evil. Like whenever, <laughs> you know, it's always like the, the evil version has a mustache. Or was it a light side Jedi Wookiee who would be a member of your party? So a Jedi Wookiee light side character or an evil Yoda type character? Both for your party or just in general? I think that uh, I have no idea. All right, okay. Well, I, I was. Say, I <laughs> if was, I give you I any was, more details, it's going to give it away. I was asking if, when you were saying the the dark side Yoda, if you had said something about it being a member of your party. That's what I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to dig for hints. I was trying to clarify oh, my yeah. options here. I'm not sure. Uh, a Jedi Wookiee sounds like not a thing. No. So I don't think there's ever been a Wookiee Jedi. Oh. In the history of you the, think so? the galaxy far, far away. Uh, but I see him fact-checking me now. I'm, no, I'm not fact-checking. I'm wondering. a Wookiee uh, from Kashyyyk? <laughs> yeah, the skilled Wookiee Jedi Kirlaka is a Rise of the Empire-era Empire Jedi Master in Star Wars Legends. Okay. There's a, here's a whole list of Wookiee Jedi and their remarkable lightsabers. Oh, all right. That's good to know. Lobaka... Taivaka, <laughs> Gungi, Aka, <laughs> Buryaga. Uh, oh, yeah, there's the one that's on the cover of the new uh, High Republic. Oh. Kur Kurlaka. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm Those sorry. ones are all canon. I'm sorry I asked. Those are all the canon ones, and there's a whole list of non canon ones. So there's there you no go. Wookiee Jedis in the movie, though. Well, no. Not, not yet. <laughs> I just, I mean, I've been some places in Star Wars canon, but I don't recall ever that being a thing. But fair enough. All right. Good to know. Um, I, uh, man, this is, let's, let's, 
Let's go with with. <laughs> I'm so torn. It's a fifty-fifty. I know. <laughs> Neither one is right. Uh, what did they originally plan on LucasArts? I feel like LucasArts would have been like, you can't do something with Yoda's species because at the time before Mandalorian, they were real sensitive about Yoda's uh, Yoda's history and canon. So I'm gonna yeah. go with Dark Side Yoda. Yes, there was originally going to be a Jedi Master of the same species as Yoda, Yoda who was secretly treacherous and evil, kind of yeah. like, uh, like you could go, Kreia, Kreia. I don't know. I, I skipped so I many of the cutscenes. I never even heard of him say her name. Kreia. Nope. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, there's nothing. There was nothing planned with the light side Wookiee Jedi, but. You can train pretty much all of your party members to become a Jedi, but you can't train train Hanhar to be a Jedi, not because it was planned to be, but at the time, Lucasfilm did have a company-wide no more Wookiee Jedi rule in place. Really? So it was never planned to be because there was a rule already, but the Jedi Master was something that was initially in the original planning stages, and it was cut. That's probably why I've never tripped across this, because apparently that that it was was such a problem they had to make a rule. Yeah, there was too many Wookiee Jedis. (laughs) What? (laughs) Guess I was just reading the wrong book. Books. It's like every Goodness. author, you know, they got all these different authors writing in the the like the books and stuff, and like everybody wants to make a Wookiee Jedi, and they're like, no, no more. We've had too many <laughs> Wookiee Jedi's. I mean, maybe you know, pre two thousand or whatever. Maybe I just haven't read enough of those old Star Wars expanded universe, but yeah. In the, I mean, how many is too many? There was five at least that are still canon. That might be too many. Well, so, I don't know. It's a big galaxy. There's a lot of species, right? Where where's the Rodian Jedi's and the the tw- the Twi'lek, Twi'lek, Twi'lek? Uh, the hut. Where's the hut Jedi? Jedi the hut. <laughs> Pizza the hut. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. You got it correct, Dan. So nailed it. You're on a little bit of a streak here. Always. I don't think I've missed one ever. Well, we we got the spreadsheet going, and I'm starting to track them. I'm going yeah. back to the old episodes. We'll know soon by our hundredth episode. Yes, hopefully, we'll know what your percentage is. Yes, indeed, Jordan. I don't know what. Uh, moving on, the next episode is going to be yet. Patreon is is deciding on ideas for June. Yeah, we haven't put a poll yet, but there no, are yeah. there are some interesting ideas. That's some of the great power that comes with being a Patreon subscriber. Is that you can help us choose themes. You can help choose an episode each month. So. If you're like, I want that power. You want that power? You First of that. all, be careful because uh, power can corrupt and then lead to the yeah. dark side. Uh-huh. But if you think you can handle it, <laughs> subscribe on Patreon. <laughs> Unless you're a Wookiee. No more Wookiee Patreon uh, members. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what June is. I don't know if it's going to be our traditional psychic Genesis or it might be something else. Who knows? Yeah, uh, we'll who keep knows? you posted on the other episodes. Uh, eShop Apocalypse. Since Nintendo's killing the eShop, just want to give a shout out to a game that you should get before it closes down and today we're giving it like this is legitimately just dying it's dead you can't play it anymore after nintendo kills the eShop here uh that's dr luigi dr luigi dr luigi you (laughs) okay (laughs) i don't know if this was like a year of luigi thing probably yeah that was super luigi bros yeah but they were like what if we made dr luigi and i was like i think i'm gonna pick this game up today I'm going to go pick this up. Cause oh, I'm, you are I'm right now? i curious. Before they kill the eShop, I got to do it. In honor of George Lucas's 78th birthday? Yeah. I'm finally going to go hang out with Dr. Mario's brother. Also, get any love. how much is that on the eShop? Do you have any idea? I think it's $15. 15 bucks. But, but listen up, people. If you have a time machine and you can go back to 2018, <laughs> if you have a time machine that can take you to 2018, you can use 400 Nintendo Platinum points to get 40% off. 
<laughs> yeah, so as I I was trying to 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 price check the part the or price check that's literally it. I was trying to Google the the price on this one to get the eShop page, which Nintendo has removed like the Wii U games from their website, and so it was like. Dr. Luigi, 400 platinum points for 40% off. I was like, oh, cool. Can I get this? I logged in. It's like, nope, 2018. It's like, why is this page coming up? I love that you can't actually buy a, a Wii U sh- the game online anymore, but you can find expired Nintendo platinum right. coupons for those games. <laughs> like, what is this? That just shows you the level yeah. of interest that people have in these games. So. so, yeah. So, if you have a Wii U, if you're one of the dozens of Wii U owners and you won't want to get the experience of uh, Dr. Luigi before you can't anymore. There are um, more Wii U owners than Wii people U. who would care about KOTOR being not canon anymore. Stop. 13 million. You said 130,000 people cared about it. I said, I didn't say 130,000. That's literally 10%. Whatever, man. Whatever. Do we have anything else before we uh, we close up shop today, Jordan? That's going to wrap up May the Force be with you. It's May the Force be with you. May nope. the Fourth be with you. Nope. Um, May the seventeenth. If you're listening on Patreon, I think this you. is by far our best May because I enjoyed Shadows of the Empire despite its deficiencies. I really enjoyed Kotor two. Yeah. And we had a great Patreon discussion about lots of Star Wars games. So yeah. I think this is one for the ages. Twenty twenty two was quite a May the Fourth. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never get it right. <laughs> All right, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will see you in a couple weeks with something. Yeah, oh, of course. It'll be something. Yeah? All right, bye. Yeah, bye. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left us a rating or review wherever you're listening and if you shared the show with other retro gaming fans in your life. If you're looking for more retro gaming content, check out worthitorworthless.com where you can find things like reviews, guides, game recommendations, and, of course, all of our relevant links. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks.